Today on Bread for the Broken with James Grizzle, pastor of Calvary Chapel, Galveston. See, we throw out this term so flippantly and just like, I love this and I, I love, I love him, I love her. And it's like, okay, what does that mean? John is very clear. What we're talking about here is agape love. This is a self-sacrificing love that you only have because God has given it to you. It comes from God. It is a gift from God. You cannot work this up within your life. It comes from Him. There's love, and then there is love. One problem with the English language is that there are some words with various meanings. As Pastor James teaches us today, you're going to learn how love is one of those such words. We've diluted its meaning so much in our everyday use. Love can go from expressing our deepest passions to also describing how much we crave a plate of warm french fries right about now. Pastor James reminds us to take a minute and just reflect on the true meaning of love as it comes from the Father. Now turn in your Bible to the book of 1 John chapter 4 as Pastor James continues his message, Perfect Love. false teachers out there. There's false prophets out there. There's guys who are, the enemy's trying to get in and to wreck this thing. So how do we combat that? We combat it with the greatest gift ever, and it's love. And it's love. And this love comes from God, is what John says. This agape, this perfect love, it comes from God. It's not a feeling. It's not an emotion. It's none of that stuff. It is, it's, it's an act of a will. Okay. So we have to continue to love each other. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. But anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. Now here is, let me, let me navigate these waters for you real fast, okay? Because here's the thought. Well, that person's a loving person, so obviously they know the Lord. Well, that's not true, okay? What determines whether a person is saved or not is their faith in Jesus Christ, okay? And you place your faith in Jesus Christ, and John's going to lay this out for us in just a second, but the Holy Spirit takes up residency within your heart, and there are things called the, the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit, I mean, you can boil all of those things down into really to one term, and that's called love. So Jesus becomes your Lord and Savior, your King, love happens. It's a supernatural thing. It's a supernatural thing. We got to define terms. Well, what do you mean by love? What do you, and we talk, we joke about this all the time, right? Because Americans love everything equally, right? Well, we may not mean it, but that's exactly, we, we boil all this stuff down into one four-letter word, and it's love. I love, I love this weather, right? Cool. But like, what degree? Like, how much do you love this weather? Well, what are we talking about? Well, I love, I love this. I love in and out. I really do. I love in and out. I do. Um, I don't care what the argument is. In and out over Whataburger every day. Um, I'm, a, I'm born and raised Texan. I know I just made enemies, but it's okay. I will pray for you. 
And let the, may the Lord reveal to you who's right in this scenario. See, we throw out this term so flippantly and just like, I love this. And I, I, love, I love him. I love her. And it's like, okay, what does that mean? John is very clear. What we're talking about here is agape love. This is a self-sacrificing love that you only have because God has given it to you. It comes from God. It is a gift from God. You cannot work this up within your life. It comes from him. But John makes this clear distinction. Anyone who loves is a child of God, this agape love, and knows God. Why? Because the Holy Spirit resides in them and is working out of them this gift. Anyone who does not, does not love does not know God, for God is love. So John is exposing. Remember, we just talked about false prophets and false teachers. How can you identify them? By love. By love. I mean, are they coming in here and and their speech is that of like just vile and just hatred and and just bitterness and all this stuff? It's like, wait a minute. Where's, Where's the love? Where's the love of Christ within your life? Your message seems all about like hate. And I would question where you stand with the Lord. An absence of love reveals an absence of fellowship with God. Absence of love reveals an absence of fellowship with God. That's from Tony Evans. So it's like a fruit. And Jesus said, you'll know people by the fruit, by the fruit that they bear. And one fruit that should be evident within every single believer's life is that of love. It should be. I know that that's proof for me. And if you ever wonder about like, how do I know if I'm saved? Have you ever thought that? Like, am I really saved? Have you ever had that thought? Please tell me I'm not the only one. I don't think I am the only one. Multiple occasions I've had this like, I'm like, man, Lord, I don't know. Like, am I really? And, and all he has to do is take me back. All he has to do is take me back. Do you remember what it was like before you met Jesus? I tend to get along with anybody and everybody. But I know before Jesus, there were people that I hated, flat out hated. No reason, no rhyme, no reason, prejudice, all that good stuff. Yeah, yeah. That was in me. It was in me. I'm a sinner. That's where, where did it come from? Is that how you're raised? No, it's because I'm a sinner and I'm wretched. That's where it came from. That's where it came from. But there's something that happened when the Lord took up occupancy within my heart, he melted that thing away. It was like the Grinch, right? Like my heart became three, you know, it was three sizes too small, I guess, in one sense. And then it, you know, got bigger, I guess, as I received the Lord Jesus. And my love for people grew. And it was strange. And it was so evident. I mean, and that for me, that's like, that's fruit on the tree that I can go back to that I can go back to and I'm like, man, look how much the Lord is, look how far the Lord has taken me. So if you ever wrestle with that, just go back to what was your life like before Jesus? Because I can tell you there was an absence of perfect love. I'm going to tell you right now, there was an absence of love within your life. I don't care how nice you are or how caring and affectionate you may be. The truth is for all of us before Jesus, there was an absence of perfect love. Perfect love. Now, do we love perfectly? No. 
No, we don't. We don't. Are we trying to? I hope so. I hope we're trying to get better at this and grow at this. Because perfect love that we're going to see at the very end of this that casts out all fear, we're working towards that to a certain extent. That's called sanctification, right? That's a process. That's a, that's a process. And, and as we grow closer with the Lord and spend more time with the Lord, then perfect love absolutely knows how to disperse or drive out fear within our lives. But love, it's a gift from God is a great fruit indicator within your life, but then also within the lives of other people. Like somebody shows up within your life and you don't know who they are, maybe what they're about. Just watch how they treat other people. Watch how they interact with other people and you'll learn pretty soon whether or not they actually are who they say they are. So that's one proof that John threw out there. But now he goes on to say, to kind of clarify this a little bit more for us. He says, God showed how much he loved us. Love is not an emotion. It's an action. God showed us how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. A great gift from God. A gift only. Only. That can only come from God. Now, this obviously is reminding you of John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever should believe in him should not perish but have eternal life. It's a gift from God. And this is love demonstrated. This is love becoming visible. Because God shows how much he loves us. If you ever doubt God loving you, here's your remedy. Go back to the cross. Because you cannot deny it. It's visible. It's historical. It's actually historical. It's documented. It's historical that he actually died on the cross for you and for me. If you ever doubt whether or not God loves you, go back to the cross. That's your remedy. Every single time. God demonstrated. He showed how much he loved us. Now remember, the us, enemies, enemies, because Christ died for us. While we were still enemies, Christ died for us. That's love. That's perfect love. Perfect love is God Almighty and this beautiful trinity of God the Father, God the Son, who is Jesus Christ, and God the Holy Spirit saying, we're going on a rescue mission for these beings that we've created who from day one, almost not technically day one, but you get what I'm saying, rebelled against us. Don't eat from that tree. I'm sorry, what'd you say? Munch, munch, munch. Like, no, don't eat from this tree. I think I'm going to do this, right? Like Adam and Eve, toddlers in the garden, right? Like, don't do that. Oh, I think I'm going to do this now, right? Like, and that's what they did. That's what all of us have done. And while we were still rebels, sinners, enemies, God displayed his love for us by sending his one and only son to die for us. We didn't deserve it. We didn't earn it. But that's not what perfect love is about. Perfect love is not about you earning it. Perfect love is not about you deserving it. Perfect love is about 
a perfect heavenly father who loves imperfect people so much that he would pay the ultimate price on the cross for us. He showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. Verse 10. This is real love. Real love. Who sang that? Is that Mary J. Blige? Anybody know? Real love. Why is that song playing through my brain right now? Real love. Searching for real love. Um, I don't know who it is, but that's just, that's me. And, and kid, product of the 90s. It's going through my brain right now. Um, yeah, that's, this is, here I am. This is why I was a youth pastor for so long. This is, if you're looking for real love, can I tell you, it, it's found in Jesus. It's found in Jesus. This is real love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice, a propitiation, a perfect sacrifice, technically, to take away our sins. This is what real love is. Not that we love God because we didn't, but because he loved us and he paid the price for us. That's real love. That's true love. That's perfect love. That a man who did not do anything wrong would take on all of our wrongs upon himself and go through for the first time ever separation between him and the Father. Have you thought about that? Do we understand the price of the cross? Yeah, he took all our sins upon him, but do we know what that part of what that actually cost Jesus, who has had perfect communion with the Father for all of eternity? And for one moment in history, there was separation between the two because of me, because of my choices, because of my decisions. Jesus took those all upon him, and he was accursed because of me. But he did it gladly. He did it willingly. He did it with joy in his heart. This is a beautiful gift. That's what perfect love is, is that God would, that he would send his son to be the perfect sacrifice to take away our sins, that he would pay the price that we could never pay. This is perfect love. Perfect love is given to us first and foremost by God, and it is demonstrated by his sacrifice that Jesus made on the cross for us. Love is visible. Love is an act of the will. Love is sacrificial. Love serves the unlovable And love addresses sin. That's what perfect love is. And that's what it does. It is visible. You can see the effects of it. You can feel the effects of it. It's an act of the will, meaning it's a decision. It's a choice that's made to love or to not love. It's a decision, okay? Agape love, this perfect love, It is truly sacrificial. It is truly sacrificial. Jesus demonstrated that to us on the cross, but he also expects 
us to demonstrate it towards one another within our lives, putting others before ourselves. Now, this is very contrary to where we live nowadays, very contrary. In fact, our culture speaks totally opposite of this. And in fact, churches are guilty of speaking against this. They are. And don't don't get me wrong. You need to take care of yourself. Let me say that. You need to take care of yourself, okay? You ought to address... Now, Paul tells us, I think it's very interesting that Paul addresses this in the Church of Corinth, where he's like, look, you know you take care of... If your body has needs, you do really well in taking care of those needs. You would, you would take care of that. You, you, your stomach's rumbling, you're hungry, well, you feed it, right? Your body's tired, hopefully you're smart enough to lay down and give it some rest and move around. And we do well in addressing our needs. What we don't do really well is putting the needs of others before our own. We don't. And I get it. See, the churches, to a certain extent, went through some, a, a, a season, we'll call it that, where it seemed like it was just, it's a machine. It's a machine. And you show up to church and you're serving in the church and you're, it's just a grind, right? And it's a machine to just serve, 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 serve. To where people coming out of that thing were like, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm getting burned out. I haven't been able to take care of me and I need me time, right? And it's like, you have, and I don't want to, you have me time. There's me time available for you, okay? Now, I... If you've ever experienced this, I, I would apologize just even on behalf of the church. When we treat people like, you know, employees, that's wrong when it comes to a church. Because this is not a machine. This is an organism, right? This is a body. And then we talked about this Wednesday. Each member of the body absolutely matters because God has given you a gift. And he wants you to use that gift within the body. And it should be, it should be somewhat organic. It should be somewhat natural, right? And it shouldn't be like a grind where you feel like you show up to church, you're punching a clock. Because that's not what it's supposed to be like. So I get how people can come out of that chewed up and spit out on the other side. And they're like, look, I'm not going to serve the church because the last time I did that, I mean, I didn't have any time at all, just nonstop. So I get that, that there's wrongs on this part, but there's also wrongs when we go to the other extent where it's like, well, well no, I'm not going to serve because I really just need to focus in on me. And I'm like, that's wrong. But you see how we can get out of balance. Love is sacrificial. And it's serving. It's serving others. If I'm caught up in the grind and there's no quote-unquote, me time for me, then that probably is an indication that I'm not managing my time wisely, if I'm honest. I'm not saying any of you are. I'm just speaking for myself. Because it really is up to me on how much time do I spend with the Lord? How much time do I spend with the Lord? That nobody else has control over that. And if my day's super busy, then maybe I just need to wake up earlier or stay up a little bit later. Well, the demands, man, the demands. Yeah, the demands are there for each and every one of us. The demands are not going away. We just have to learn how to manage that stuff. You have to spend time with the Lord. You and I, we need to get really good at blocking off boundaries, establishing boundaries. This is my time with the Lord. This is my devo time. This is untouchable. This is when I pray. 
This is when I commune with God. This is when I read the word. Do that for whatever time works best within your life. You have to establish those boundaries because I can promise you this. People will come in and they will steal that time away from you if you don't protect it. But that's on you to protect it. You establish the boundaries because nobody's going to establish boundaries for you. So then we got to make sure that we're being smart with this, that we're getting this, the vertical is what we talk about. It's that communication and that communion between you and God, that that's healthy. So that the horizontal, the outflow of the vertical, so that you are serving other people and that you are ministering to other people. And you're doing it in a way that is, number one, it, it's, sometimes it's going to be taxing. Sometimes it's just going to be exhausting, but not every season is like that. And if it is, remember, boundaries. You establish the boundaries. But we sometimes swing from one end to the other where it's like all in, 100%. I, you know, I'm just doing this thing to where we burn out and we get exhausted. And then usually the ones who burn out, they stop showing up. Because they swing over to the other extreme where they're like, no, I just, I need me time. And I'm like, I, I'm sorry, but... I think you have me time. I think you have that. Now, if you're just because you're fearful that the church is going to use and abuse you, I, I understand that. Let's talk about that. But let's set up boundaries. Let's establish boundaries. Yeah, I can serve, but I can only serve from here to here. I can, I can do this time. Okay, cool. Excellent. But we got to like get back to the middle. We got to get back to the middle because too much over here, giving all of your life to the church, that's not what Jesus asked you to do. He asked you to give all of your life to him, okay? That doesn't mean giving 24 hours every single day to working or serving at the church. You're off balance. Nor does he want you to be like, you know what? I'm just gonna, my, my relationship with God, it's, it's private. I'm like, well, that's not biblical, that's, that's not biblical. Our relationship with God and with Jesus is actually very public, and it should be, right? So we need to get back to the middle to where it's like we establish boundaries because love needs to be demonstrated through our acts of service, which means we have to serve, which means we have to get out there and to demonstrate this love, this beautiful, perfect love towards people. So we, we just got to watch this. We, we got to be very cautious of that. And if you need break, if you need a break, take a vacation. Take a break. Take a sabbatical. That's what we call that. When we, when we led youth ministry, we always required 11-month commitment from our volunteers. Give me 11 months. The, the 12th month, whenever that is, I don't want to see you. For a whole month, I don't want to see you. You go into the adult service. You go and you pray. And you take that whole month to pray about whether or not you want to recommit for another 11 months. Like, we have to have this time. But we have to take some initiative behind that as well. Establish boundaries, but do not do away with opportunities to serve and to demonstrate love towards other people. Because love, it, it really is an action. It's an action. It's an act of the will. So back into this little text here. We're going to finish up this little section here. As we get to the, 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 the climax of this great little chapter where this, this great proclamation, which I need to hear, and I know I think some of you need to hear it as well. Verse 11, though, he says, Dear friends, since God loved us that much, remember, he sent his only son to die on the cross for us. Since he loved us that much, we surely ought to love each other. There's no excuse. 
If Jesus loved you and he is your Lord and Savior, you must love others. You have to love others. Thanks for joining us today on Bread for the Broken with Pastor James Grizzle. We're currently in a series called Every Good Gift. No, it's not talking about birthday gifts or Christmas gifts. We're actually covering all of the different gifts that God gives to you on a continual basis. God's heart is to bless you and for you to use the gifts that He's given you to bring about blessing and abundance to those around you. Like a parent, God desires to give you an overflow of gifts because He loves you. Have you enjoyed this message and would like to hear it again? Well, you're welcome to do so at breadforthebroken.com. Once you're there, simply click on the Listen tab. While you're looking for this message, feel free to explore the other teachings by Pastor James as well. Bread for the Broken is a ministry of Calvary Galveston. If you're looking for a church that you can call home or simply want to connect and pray with someone, we would love to be that for you. You can get in touch with us by filling out the contact form at our website, breadforthebroken.com. Are you interested in visiting us at one of our services? Well, you'll find that information on our website as well. It would be so great to meet you and to hear how you learned about this ministry. Our time with you is up for today's edition, but we encourage you to tune in next time to hear more about those gifts that God has for you. Join us for some more encouragement, maybe some conviction, and a whole lot of God-inspired wisdom that comes from the Word of God. Open your heart and mind to hear what God has for you, right here on Bread for the Broken. Let me paint the picture of you.